Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church, where we exist to be a safe place to find and follow Jesus. I would just like to personally tell Pastor Brant, you're welcome. Uh, I am breaking this up, so it's hard to follow a worship set like that. So I'm going to take the pressure off of him, and I'll break it up this morning. That way he doesn't feel that. So uh, we're so glad you guys are here this morning. Thank you for joining us. If you're online, we're just as glad you're here, too. Uh, if you haven't already, and it's your first time here, we would love for you to fill out a connection card. Uh, the key word there being connect, because we want to get to know you better. And so if you haven't grabbed one, we've got cards at the front, or you can use the code that's in front of you, that QR code. If you're online, you can go to our description box, you can use that link, and it will get you that same connection card. We just want to get to know you a little bit, and then send you something in the mail in return, if you're online, or something with you today if you're in person. So, guys, today, there's just a little bit more excitement around a day like today, right? Uh, and not only has it been a great worship set and everything, but today is Baptism Sunday. Are you guys excited for that? Uh, I get excited. It's not because, you know, we're going to dunk a few kids in the pool. Uh, but what we want to do is acknowledge the fact that God is changing lives still here at Life Church, and that's so cool. Uh, so, with that being said, I want to let you guys know that we've got a few ways for you to serve. Say, Stephen, how can I serve? Okay, only a few people want to serve. That's cool. All right, after this, you guys are going to want to serve. Okay, online, we heard you too. Thank you so much. But we have two opportunities, and I thought about this, and I wanted to say we want you to serve. But then I'd be wrong because it's not us that wants you to serve. It's your community. And so what's going to happen is you have two opportunities to change someone's life. Will that help you want to serve a little bit more this morning? So we've got two ways that maybe just handing a water bottle or smiling at someone or cooking a hot dog could change their life forever. That helps us want to serve a little bit more. So this morning, I'm giving you two opportunities. August 5th, at this own school that we are in, we want you guys to serve. Four to six o'clock. Say hi, show up, cook some hot dogs. It is meet the teacher night. What a great way to meet people in the community and just to be here to help them so they can focus on the school year. So if you're interested in that, you can use that QR code. You can sign up on our website. Come talk to me. I would gladly get you registered. We're excited. And then one more serving opportunity, August 7th. And that's that same week. It's that Saturday. We are going to serve at the festival here. It's for our Disney cast members that have kind of been laid off. They host one once a, uh, once a month on Saturday, and we get to be a part of that. So what are we going to do? We're going to go out there, and we're going to labor. We're going to help them set up tents. We're going to help them focus on their business. We're going to give waters. We're going to watch kids. We're going to love on this community the best way we can. So, guys, I hope that you sign up for both of them. If not both, at least one. Thank you for being here this morning. Yes, please do sign up and make a difference. We have such a great relationship with Water Spring and the administration here. And uh, they reached out to me this week and said, hey, things are opening up around here a little bit, and we need some help on that uh, Meet the Teacher Night. Uh, this school is going to be extremely overcrowded this year from what they're thinking. And so they need help, and we need your help uh, to help make a difference here. If you have, And, you know, today has been a great day so far, hasn't it? Just been a tremendous day. But have you ever had those days where it wasn't quite a great day? You get up and just nothing goes right? Well, here's some signs, you know, that kind of, you know, kind of let you know that your day isn't going to go the way planned. And here, here you go, uh, to know if, if you're going to have a rotten day. And here's the first one. If you see 60 Minutes, if, if you see the 60 Minutes news team waiting in your office, that's not going to be good. Your birthday cake collapses from the weight of the candles. 
You turn on the news and they're showing emergency routes out of the city. Your twin sister forgot your birthday. That's not good, is it? Your boss tells you not to bother to take off your coat. The bird singing outside your window is a buzzard. You call, hey, you guys got to help me out. Come on. I know I'm not a good joke teller. Stacy tells me I am not funny. She laughs at everybody but me. Uh, but uh, you guys got to help me, okay? Um, you know, it says, uh, uh, you, you call your answering service and they tell you it's none of your business. Your income check, your income tax check bounces. Or here's, here's a good one. Your wife says, good morning, Bill. And your name is George. Not a good day. Not a good day. Those things, those things could cause cause a little bit of stress and worry in your life, couldn't they? Those things, if you woke up and that happened, these kind of, I mean, it really could. Worry, anxiety. Um, Last week, I asked you a question. If you were satisfied in life, if you were satisfied with where you were spiritually. Well, let, let, let me ask you another question as we get into this here this morning. Do you worry? Are you one that deals with anxiety? Do you deal with worry? And probably if we went around the room and I asked you to raise your hands, I would venture to guess that the overwhelming majority of people would probably raise your hand that you probably at some point or another, or maybe presently this morning, are worrying about something. You're worried about what's going to happen this afternoon or what you're going to eat for lunch or how long I'm going to preach or whatever, right? You know, we, we worry about a lot of things. But the single biggest thing that robs people of joy of what we've been talking about over the last several weeks, walking through the book of Philippians, is this very thing, and that is worry. It is said that out of everything that people worry about, only 8%, listen to that, only 8% is rooted in reality, in legitimate concerns. That means 92% of what we worry about is either imaginary never happened or will happen or involve things typically that we have absolutely no control of. There was a bassoon player that came up to his conductor, a really, really popular conductor years ago. His name was Arturo Toscanini. And he nervously said that he could not reach the high E flat there on his bassoon. Toscanini just smiled and replied to him, don't worry, there is no E flat in your music tonight. He was worrying about something that was not based in reality. In verse 6 here, and we're we're picking up in chapter number 4 this morning as we wind down our series in Philippians this week and next week. In verse 6, as we're going to get to in a minute, we're going to see that Paul uses the word anxious. And the word anxious there means worry. Depending on the translation, it might say worry, it might say anxious right there. The Greek word here means to be pulled in different directions. Do you ever feel like you're pulled in different directions? Because that's exactly what worry is, because part of you, you don't want to worry, but you just feel like you need to worry, and you're just being pulled. It's like a tug of war there going on inside your mind. You know, the old English root from which we get our word worry, it means to strangle. And that is exactly what worry does to us, isn't it? It strangles us. It robs us of life. And things that are lifeless are ultimately useless, right? In Matthew chapter 6, one of my, my go-to chapters in Scripture, and all of Scripture, I love it. It's such a beautiful, beautiful portion of Scripture that they're with Jesus. 
Anytime I ever get kind of down or, or get, get to the point of starting to worry about things, and I'll tell you what, I am worrier A number one a lot of times. I worry, and I will, I am the type of guy, I will run a thousand scenarios through my head. I don't know if you guys are like that or if an issue or something comes up. I'll lay in bed and I'll look at it, you know, from every different possible solution. This and this could happen or that could happen, and I'll worry about all these things that are not rooted in reality, right? I, so I, I'm really preaching to myself here today with this. But in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said this, and he said, In which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? He's saying, why are you going to worry? I'm not going to do anything for you. In verse 34 of chapter 6, he said this. He said, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Don't worry about tomorrow. you got enough on your plate today. Paul here in chapter 4 gives a little insight into some division that was going on in the church of Philippi. Now, I know everybody in here is thinking, you mean a church that there could be division? You know, everybody just loves each other at church, right? 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 You guys love each other, right? Okay, good. Yeah, we had communion. Remember I said unity, communion, you know, come on. Yeah, but, but you know, here in this church, uh, there, there, there was a, Paul had some things that he could have been worrying about and probably did worry about from, because he wasn't there and he heard about some, uh, uh, some problems that had arisen here. And Paul had his own issues that he was, here he is in prison, not knowing whether he was going to lose his life or not himself. There was a lot on his plate at this point. But instead, instead of worrying, or maybe he did worry, but he, as we're going to see here in Scripture, he knew what it was to overcome that and to live a life of peace and a life of joy. Let's, let's start here in um, uh, chapter 4, verse number 1. He said, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crowned. He says, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. He used the word therefore to, uh, to, to, to start this uh, verse here, to start chapter four, the last chapter here in the book of Philippians. And therefore, as we know, is a transition statement. And anytime you see that in scripture, here's a great thing to remember. Whenever you see therefore, you need to look to see what is there for, okay? It's real simple. So it's a transition statement. If we go back to what we were talking about last week, how Paul was encouraging us to run the race, to get in the race, you know, to, to, to grow in our faith, to, to, to be part of this thing that, that God has called us to, to run that race. And then at the end of chapter 3, we didn't quite get all the way down to the end there. He talks about those that don't run the race, those that walk in this world as enemies of the cross enemies of Jesus. And, he's, and he specifically says there, if you look back to chapter 3, he says that, the, that they're enemies of the cross, and the reason why is because their minds are set on earthly things. They're not looking up, as Mike, as Mike just talked about, and as they just sung about. Their minds and their eyes were looking on earthly things, and they were enemies of the cross. And then he, make, he says this in verse 20, backing up to chapter 3, he says, But our citizenship, but our citizenship, 
He's talking to the church there. He's talking to those followers of Jesus. He's saying, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And then he goes, therefore, therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for my joy and crown, stand firm, thus in the Lord, my beloved. Paul's focus here again is to encourage the people in this church because as we are, are, are going to see in just a moment, it wasn't a perfect church. There is no such thing as that. There's no such thing. Why? Because there's people just like you and I in it, right? None of us are perfect. Paul, though, loved these people. He talked about it over and over again to where we've seen here in the first three chapters. Now spilling over to chapter four. He loved the people of this church. He had spent time with them. His love for them was genuine. They brought him joy. They were a source of joy in his life. Why? Because he found joy in the relationships that he had built. You know the only way you're ever going to get joy out of, out, out from others is you're going to have to build relationships with others. I have, a, I have joy in my relationship with my wife, not, not because we just said I do, but because we worked at it and, and, and because we put in the effort and we built our relationship. I have joy whenever I look out at you guys and the relationships that, that we built. You guys bring me joy. I, I, I understand what Paul is talking about here. He had invested. He had built relationships. And because of those relationships, man, it brought joy to his life. And he, his love for them was genuine. And he tells them to stand firm. Stand firm in the Lord. To be rooted, to remember, to remember who they chose to follow. Remember what they're grounded on. To be rooted and planted in the relationship with God. He goes on to verse 2. He says, I entreat Euodia, and I entreat Syntyche. Man, what great names in there, right? Um, to agree in the Lord. He says, entreat them. Entreat these two people to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who, who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers who, whose names are in the book of life. There's a problem here. We don't know exactly what the problem is, but, 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 but there's some kind of division between these two ladies there within the church, between these two individuals. He encourages the church, though, not to shy away from the mess, not to just leave it alone, not, not to just put one out and, 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 and try to decide who's right and who's wrong in this whole thing, but he encourages them to step into it and to help them restore this relationship. Because they used to walk side by side, he said. You're here, here, here walking and trying to reach people with the gospel, loving people, building relationships. And whatever happened, there was this division. Well, Paul then transitions in the next several verses and shows us how we can even have a joyful heart and a peaceful mind, even when our circumstances are not the way we would like them to be. He goes on in verse number four here, and he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Did you get that? He says, rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And if you didn't hear it the first time, and if they didn't get it the first time, Paul then repeats it. He says, and again, I will say, rejoice. That don't rejoice and don't have joy just based upon whether your circumstances are right or everything is right around you. We have a reason to rejoice because of Jesus. 
And he says in verse 5, he says, let your reasonableness, another word for reasonableness here is gentleness. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Are you gentle? Are you gentle? Do you have a gentle spirit about you? As followers of Jesus, we should. We shouldn't be looking to jump into the battle for the fight, you know, to, to get in there and see whose head we can lop off, right? Because we want to be right all the time and whatever, right? But he says, let your reasonableness, let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. He says, do not be anxious. There's that word. Do not worry, he says, about anything. He doesn't go into a list say, okay, don't worry about this, this, and this, but the, here, here's the things you need to worry about. He says, do not worry, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Prayer, prayer, he, he, he transitions this and he helps us to put it into perspective. Whenever we really pray right here, the way that Paul is talking about here, it helps us put into perspective who we are in the respect of who God is. There is more to prayer than just bringing our requests. That is part of it, right? Jesus wants us to bring our requests to him. God wants us to bring our requests to him. But that can't be the whole of what our prayer life is all about. But prayer without thanksgiving, prayer without worship, it just kind of makes our God small. We just think we can just come to him like, like a bellhop all the time, right? God, I need this, 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 kind of bringing our Christmas list to him, right? But prayer is to make us small and God big. The result when we get this right is huge in our life. Whenever you learn to worship God each and every day of your life, not just when you come in on a Sunday morning and sing some songs and listen to a message, when you learn how to worship in your everyday life, when, when, when you're able to make much of him, when, when, you have, when you're building that relationship, speaking with him, talking to him, looking into his word, and growing in that relationship with him. The result, whenever we get this right and, and living this life of thanksgiving, it's huge. Because he says in verse number seven, he says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Seeing God for who he is. Putting things in a proper perspective. You know what it does? It makes all the difference. We have the opportunity to call on the one that created the universe. Did you get that? You have the opportunity to get before the throne of God Almighty himself and to make much of him. He's the one who spoke everything into being. We have the ability to enter into the presence of God Almighty, not just on a Sunday, but each and every day, everywhere we walk, He is, right? We need to enter into His presence, recognizing who He is. And the result of recognizing this, and more importantly, who He really is, it brings peace. In the midst of no matter what's going on in life, Paul concluded this section by giving instruction on how this peace and joy is sustained in our lives. If you ever sat down with Stacy and I, and we've ever had any type of counseling or sitting down talking about things, this next verse has probably come up at some point. In Philippians chapter 4, 8, Paul says this, he says, finally, as he starts wrapping this thing down, he says, in Philippians 4, he says, finally, brothers... 
whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is good, commendable meaning good, is if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Philippians 4, 8 right there. What a great verse. Paul going through this whole thing. To have, you know, here, here in the midst of struggles, in the midst of trials, in the midst of not being able to control things, you know, dealing with worry and anxiety. He gives us kind of the antidote, the way, the way out of this, the way, the way to live in freedom, to have peace and joy in our life. He says, here it is, it's looking up. What a great example Mike gave us a few minutes ago. Looking down, man, our problems seem so big when we're looking in a mirror, right? But they look pretty small when we look up at him. Philippians 4.8, here you go. If you got a piece of paper, write this down or take some notes there and here. You need to learn this word right here, okay? Some of you in the ladies group or if you ever sat down, you've probably heard Stacy or I say this. Like I said, you got to learn this great word. It's called thidge plug. You ever heard of thidge plug? Any of y'all heard of Thidge Plug? Yeah, some of you have heard of Thidge Plug out there. Thidge Plug, you think, what is that? Well, that is Southern, okay? You know, you had my family up here singing this morning. You know, my mom-in-law and all in Mississippi. Well, my father-in-law taught us all Thidge Plug. And he's taught his church that for years and years and years. Well, you think, what is Thidge Plug? Well, it's a real easy way to memorize Philippians 4.8. He said there, Paul said, Finally, brothers, whichever things are true honest, just, pure, lovely, and of a good report, there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things right here. You want to have peace in your life? You want to have joy in your life? Then you got to get your mind set on the right things. Remember when I opened up, I, I, talking about worry and, and, the, and the statistics about worry, about how only 8% of what we worry about is actually rooted in reality. And that there's where Paul starts out and he says, whatsoever things are true. You don't even have to get to the rest of the list most of the time. You just got to have the proper filter to put stuff through in your life, to sort things through. And if you can just get to that part, remember, if you don't remember true, the honest, just, pure, lovely, good part, if you just remember whatsoever things are true, you're going to go a long way with this. You're going to wonder why, why, why you can't, you know, why, why you live in fear and you live in anxiety and worry. A lot of times because you're not filtering things and you're not seeing things the way that God sees things. He's told us and he's given us, given us kind of the recipe in order to live this life of joy. And he says, you got to cast your minds. you got to put your minds on the right things. Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and a good report. That's when you do that, you can live a life of freedom. You can live a life of joy. You can have peace. And it's a peace that comes because you're focused on the right things. You're focused on Him. You're making much of Him. You're making Him Lord over all in your life. Why can't you trust Him in life? Why, why, you know, why, why do you struggle in different areas? Be, be, because you know what God wants you to do, but, but yet you just want to hold on to that control, right? Because control feels better for you. I'm telling you, God wants you to release it. 
He wants you to let go. He wants you to trust Him. It's the filter. The, he gives us the filter here, like I said, by which we put everything, every thought through in our lives. If you win the war of your mind, you know what? You're going to win this war over sin, this, 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 this war over anxiety, this war over fear in your life. Colossians 3, 2, Paul wrote this. He says, set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. He talks about this in several places. We got to have an upward looking mindset. The key to experiencing the peace of God and living a life of joy is this. It's real simple. It's to be heavenly minded, not to be earthly minded. We get so wrapped up in everything else in life, don't we? Man, we got to work. We got to pay the bills. We got to take care of the kids. We got to run a thousand miles every week from, from all over town, doing all the stuff that we do. And we forget to place our focus each and every day on the one that actually holds it all together. The one that loves us most. An upward heart will be a joyful heart. You know what? And that's in spite of your circumstances, in spite of whatever's going on in life. An upward heart is a joyful heart. Try it. You may have come in here today with the weight of the world. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you're going to get it right each and every moment. You, you may have to do this over and over and over again, we tell people. You may get it right for the next hour, and then you've got to start all over again. An upward heart is a joyful heart. So what now? So what now? Well, it all begins, Ruth, with a relationship with Jesus, doesn't it? Everything we talk about, it all goes back to that. It all goes back to that. Do you have a relationship with him? Have you said yes to him in your life? Because that's where everything is rooted. It starts in everything. It all starts in him and him alone. And then follower of Jesus. Why are you carrying stuff and allowing anxiety and worry and fear and all those things bring you down instead of living in the freedom and the identity that God has for you? Maybe today's the day to start putting these things into practice and, and, and that, that, that we talk about and that God's Word shows us and to put God's Word into practice instead of and let those words jump off the page and become a reality and not just words on a page. Does it make sense? Live in the identity that He has for you. Claim the truths of Scripture. Focus your mind on Him. Maybe today... Maybe today is the day where you're ready to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're ready to follow him. You've been coming. You've been exploring this thing. You've been hearing us talk about this peace, talking about this joy, talking about this Jesus, singing about him. And, it, 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 and you want this. I'm telling you, there's nothing greater in all the world than saying yes to him and having Jesus in your life. Maybe today is the day where you're ready to follow Jesus, to say yes to him, to step across that line of faith. You've heard us talk about how much God loves you and that he sent his son to die for you so that you could have life and everything we've been talking about here. Here's the one thing, and I, I, I say this almost every week because it really, it, it just blows my mind, guys, if you get this. Some people think I can't come to God and I can't follow him until I clean up, until I get things right myself. That's the opposite of the way God uh, looks at things, the opposite of the way he set things up. Because here's the thing, you know what? He knows you better than anybody. And he loves you more than anyone. He knows you best and he loves you most. With heads bowed and eyes closed out here today. 
if that's you today, and you're ready to step across that line of faith, and you're ready to say yes to him, God, I want to say yes to you. I want to follow you with my life. You can pray this prayer right there in your seat and wherever you're watching from this morning, there in your homes. You can say this. You can say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm messed up. I'm lost without you. Thank you for Jesus and the sacrifice he made for me. I want to say yes to you today. I want to follow you with my life. Take me. Make me yours. Amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you today, and you made that decision to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. No one else is going to be looking around. No one else is going to come to you. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray for you. I want to celebrate with you with that. If that's you today, just raise your hand real quick across the audience here today. Anyone? Thank you. Anyone? Man, it's the greatest decision in all the world to trust Jesus, to know him, to say yes to him. And if you made that decision... We'd ask that you fill out one of the cards in the back and just drop it in the offering box over there. That's all we ask of you. We want to celebrate. We'd love to talk with you about the decisions that you've made today. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for love, for the opportunity to know you. Lord, for the joy and the peace that you bring into our lives. God, we are so thankful for Jesus. And God, I pray that our eyes would look up and not down. Lord, that our eyes would be on others and more importantly, be on you. Lord, that we would make much of you. And God, so I pray that you would bless this church, continue to bless this church. God, I pray that we would step into the needs of this community. God, that we would see others in their need for you. God, I pray that we would, um, uh, God, just, uh, Lord, just give everything to you, not hold anything back. And God, I pray that if those out here you're dealing with about saying yes, God, I pray that you give them the faith to do so. Lord, and we'll glorify and we'll praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can look up here as we close down. They're going to sing in just a moment. You know, at Life Church, everything that we do is because of your faithful giving and your generosity. The reason why we can step into needs when they ask us to in this community and in this, in, in, in this school is because of your giving, because of your faithfulness in that area. You know, we're, we're going to be part of Meet the Teacher, but it's going to cost us. You know, it's going to cost us several hundred dollars to go out and buy all the hot dogs and feed a thousand people or whatever that is that's going to be here that night. It's going to cost us to reach out to the community there in the Hamlin Day when we're doing that stuff. With all the different, we've got so much planned over the next month. We are entering into a new season here at Life Church. Fall is coming, church is starting. Do you know what it really is? This has been on my heart all week about Life Church and where we're moving towards here, here this coming fall. We, we have a big fall kickoff that, that you're going to hear more about on, on February 12th. And in that, you know, I love to dream. I don't know about you guys, but I love to dream. And I believe we're entering into a season to dream again. And I'm looking forward to dreaming again and seeing what God is going to do and how God's going to continue to fill this place up. He's going to give us more opportunities to tell others about him. And that's, that's why we exist, guys, to love on people. But we need your help to do that. Would, would you consider stepping out by faith? If you're visiting, that this isn't for you today, but for Life Church people, would you step out by faith? Would you start to put him first in the area of your giving and your generosity. I'm telling you, we, our church, you guys have been so good at it, but I'm telling you, we could even do so much better and we could do so much more. All of us together to reach people.
powers with you. Would you stand with us this morning? Oh, you can give. I'm sorry. I talked all about giving. I didn't tell you how to give. You, you, you can stand. You, you, you can stand. You can give at the giving box back there on our website at lifechurchhw.com or you can text any amount to 84321. Thank you. Love you guys. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry.
song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say.